All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Yes, we at long last are not sleeping together in a double-sized bed anymore after six months of living here. So this is your double-sized bed? This is the bed we've been sharing. Now we have a queen bed. Wait, where did you get your new bed from? Becky's parents had an extra bed that's like never been slept in. Oh, sweet. They like bought a bed and then I don't know what it was, but they, they got an extra bed from, from Sears or whatever it is. And they said to Becky, you can have it. You just have to come get it. So on Saturday, she and my dad took a solo road trip together to for, for seven hours to PEI oh to go get a bed, which is like a real champion move on both of their parts. I'm very, I'm very awesome. proud of them. Well, how was it? It was great. It was like a bonding experience? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. We like, we listened to podcasts the whole way up. Really? The show show by Sweets and Slaney. No way. And then Did you listen to the most recent one? Yeah. Ha. And then we talked the whole way back. No way. Yeah. That actually seems kind of fun. Yeah. And so now we have uh, we have a doghouse bedroom for when one of us is mad at the other. Totally. Go in the other room. Yeah. I, we have an extra bedroom. I've used it at least once. Yeah, you have a house. When I, when I, <laughs> we have an extra bed in that house, I mean. Right, right. But yeah. It yeah. wasn't when I was angry. I just couldn't sleep. Jen kept breathing all heavy. <sighs> Curse on her. Exactly for, like that. For yeah. breathing. <sighs> How are you? How's your week going? It's good. Good. Yeah. yeah. It's uh. Yeah, it's fine. That's all you got. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, it's not amazing. It's not terrible. We're getting mm. closer to Christmas. What's going on with you? That's true. I'm doing morning radio this week for the first time in probably six months. That's right. I've been awake since 2.30 a.m. 2.30. Couldn't just, quite get the full sleep in, eh? I, I mean, I don't sleep that well anyway, mm. and I woke up. I, I had an okay time falling asleep last night because I was tired, and then I woke up at 2.30, and then there was no getting back to sleep. Yeah. So that last 90 minutes was robbed from me. Oh, man. I've been in a fog. I need to start trying to sleep on my stomach again, but I have this thermometer on me now, right? Oh, yeah. So I can't, I don't know if I can or not, or if it's okay. You think they would have told you if you absolutely can't? Yeah. I mean, it does kind of, you do kind of feel it sometimes. So I'm like, is this okay? or Anyway. Are you like a rolly sleeper? Like, could you start on your back and wake up on your stomach? I think I've just mainly been like going on my like back to side. And I used to be a, a stomach sleeper like a year ago, but I, I kind of switched it up. Yeah. I'm a stomach sleeper for sure. But anyway, for the, the I have a continuous glucose monitor on my attached to my stomach now for anyone who it's not really attached. Because you have diabetes, like not just like to, as an experiment. No, nah. no. Yeah. Diabetic here. Diabetic. Um, yeah, what about, uh, so do you think you'll get a full sleep tonight? Uh, I don't know. I can't curse it in such a way. Right, sure, 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 sure. Hey, uh, this week's episode of The Show Show mm-hmm. is dedicated to Twitter user at Brent McKinnon. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Uh, not only did he correctly answer our trivia question, mm-hmm. he kind of added a little more background than I think even the the game box is aware of. No way. What was well, the question again? So the question was, who was the original host of NBC's The Tonight Show? Okay. And Brent said, okay, so I think technically Carson was the first to host The Tonight Show, quote unquote. Okay. Because before it was called Tonight, Tonight, America After Dark, etc. Did Will Smith write this question? It's a good question. Oh, nice. Now, I did a little bit of background research, and it was, wasn't was entirely clear on Wikipedia when it stopped being called Tonight Tonight 
right. and became Tonight Tonight, America After Dark, and then when it became The Tonight Show. Show. The answer on the card is Steve Allen. He's the first mm-hmm. person to host the talk show in that time slot. Okay. But that was before it was like a comedy franchise. Right. So as The Tonight Show that we know it today, certainly Johnny Carson is the iconic original host of that, of that format. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Brent. Good job, Brent. You gave us more than we asked. Show goes out to you, Brent yep, McKinnon, at Brent McKinnon, at him on Twitter. We're going to do our best mm-hmm. to do the show for Brent. There's honestly not a whole lot of interesting pop cultural things, just the president calling senators Pocahontas. What it, well, what about the the engagement, the official engagement? Sure. The That's royal engagement. That is exciting. It's a Markle. <laughs> It's, it's very non-traditional. And, and of right. course, there are some people who feel the need to say that and, mm-hmm. and as if it's a bad thing. Yep. I He's mean, always been the royal to subvert convention. Harry? Yeah. Oh, 100%. I'm pumped that he, you know, he, he's settling down on his own terms. Yep. Like, Plus, she's American and she's Hollywood. Yeah. She's not, like, completely white. I think one of her parents is black. Yeah, that's like she's, I've always I've always called her racially ambiguous. I was never sure. I didn't look up her origins, but she just seemed like a beautiful bouquet of race. And she announced today that she is going to retire from acting to yeah. focus on her royal duties. Well, she was kind of like that was the the word was that she was off of uh, suits now, right? And she was pretty much like out of the acting game, mm-hmm. which makes sense because yeah. she's basically is she going to be a princess? I don't no, think so. Because, and I learned this from my mother, uh-huh. because she's a commoner, best rank commoner. she can achieve is duchess. Duchess. The okay. same goes for Kate Middleton, who's technically not a princess either. Right. So they don't call her Princess Kate? I think maybe they incorrectly do, but uh, she's okay. the Duchess of Cambridge. But can't it still, like, can't she still be dis- bestowed upon with the title, like, princess? Can't we... Can't the royal family say, oh, no, we're going to call you a princess, and then you're I good? I think they probably can do whatever they want, but again, the tradition means a whole lot to them. Right. Because without it, what do they have? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if that means, without having been a princess first, if Kate Middleton will be queen of England when her husband is king. Yep. I, I don't know. Because the queen, obviously her husband is a prince. Mm-hmm. Not that he was a commoner, but just mm-hmm. so that she can have the higher rank. Yep. Because of the blood. Right. So long way of saying no. Uh, yeah. Meghan Markle will be Lady Meghan or Duchess. Well, Duchess. that's too bad. Because wasn't else. Princess Sparkle a thing? So then Princess Markle should <laughs> yeah, be Yeah, I guess it was probably. Yeah. yeah. My favorite thing about the whole affair is that future British historians will have to write about suits. Yeah. <laughs> Bravo's suits. <laughs> which was, was actually like like quite a popular show yeah. for it just being on Bravo. It's a campy serial dramedy about two hotshot lawyers and this beautiful woman. It's about two appear. people in a room always having an argument about, you told me this, <laughs> but what's actually happening is this. And then it ends with kind of a melodramatic song where it's like Mad World or something. Yes. Yep. And it's slowly kind of panning through everyone. And then it ends on a final conversation kind of cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's hard and grizzled, but he's also sensitive and really smart. Man, I'm not a fan of that show. I've I've only seen it a couple of times. People do really love it. People really like it, but I could... Yeah, it's always... You told me this, and <laughs> now you're saying this? Are you sure? And it's like, well, this person told me that. In a very, <gasps> this very, person was there? very early episode of the show show, yeah. my mind was blown by the double entendre in the name of suits, in that they're lawyers and they deal with lawsuits, and they wear, they suits. wear suits. I just figured they were... It was suits because they wear suits, and like suits is also a noun mm-hmm. for like people who wear suits. Mm-hmm. I think I heard that on another podcast. Honestly, I don't even know if I can take full credit for it. I'm willing to come out about that now. It, it definitely ha- happened on this podcast for me. Yeah, 
Yeah. Good. Even better than her having been on Suits, uh, the future wife of Prince Harry was a briefcase model on Deal or No Deal. Really? Yeah. Good for her. Future British historians have to write about Howie Mandel. Wow. <laughs> you know that that gif is going to start going around of her. Oh, it already has. Wa- really? Of her opening the case and having a sad face. <laughs> I, have, oh. I have not seen this yet. <laughs> yep. That's amazing. That's the people's princess. Wow. See, you just blew my mind with that one. I'm so glad we could trade interesting mm-hmm. information over the, the course of 18 months. <laughs> uh, which is quasi-suits related. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so that's very exciting. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad that people are excited about it. I guess she's like a big humanitarian, too. Like, I think they met at the Invictus Games. She does a lot of work with the UN. Oh, okay. Go you. That's essential. Go Markle. Yeah. It's she's, a very... she's a Markle worker. <laughs> God, I love it. Yeah, I can't stop. You have a lifetime of this to yeah, enjoy. You're right. Uh, not that I want to dwell on Harvey Weinstein at all, but since we're talking about these dwell, s- dwell, serial dwell. network dramas, uh, you know how Law & Order, SVU especially, kind of has a reputation for lifting its storylines from the headlines? Sure. They basically make episodes. Ripping, even. Yeah, very, very like very obviously based on things that have actually happened. So they are in fact going to do an episode of SVU based on the Harvey Weinstein scandal. Right. So a fictionalized telling some extremely powerful Hollywood executive is going to be outed as having been abusive and, uh, um, and blackmailed. Like Arnold Steinstein. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And I wondered, like, I know that's kind of what they do, Mm -hmm. but is it not a little opportunistic? Is it not a little bit exploitative of this of this issue that's like really real for millions of women and mm-hmm. people in general? Mm-hmm. To I, to to see that oh this could make a really good forty two minutes of drama. Of I will say it's it's nothing that hasn't been done before. Like there's, no, there, they this conversation has probably been had hundreds of times about other things, but now there's a bit more of a sounding board with social media for people to be like, what the hell, SVU? Well, except I would argue that most people haven't had a brother get murdered in an alley. A lot of people have been sexually abused or harassed. Certainly everybody knows someone who has been. Mm. So it's a little bit broader. Yep. But I guess that means it's all the more reason to do it. It's just like, I'm not saying they can't do episodes about uh, sexual abuse and harassment. It's the special victims unit. But they're they're turning this really heinous thing that we're going to remember forever Uh, into entertainment really soon. Do we want to uh, put our foot down? <laughs> do we Do we want to start... You can't do it, Dick do we, Wolf. Do we want to petition SVU? Is that a thing that we can do week to week? No, I don't believe in change.org. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Is it because of the org? If it was .com, would you take it more seriously? <laughs> yeah, because then they were, they would be serious for right. sure. No, I just, I I mean, I guess there are definitely good causes on change.org, but that people are under this impression that everything is democratic now. And if you petition something, mm-hmm. the opposing side has to do what you asked for. Right. It's ridiculous. It's a private enterprise. Mm-hmm. Law and order can do whatever they want. People yeah. don't have to like it. And right. ultimately, it could cost them the show if they upset enough people. Yep. But like, we've talked about this before. If... Uh, Warner Brothers wants to hire Ben Affleck to play Bruce Wayne. Yeah. No petition can force them out of doing that. That's true. Deadpool kind of kind of came because of a petition, didn't it? It definitely came as the result of enough fan outcry. There was yeah. enough evidence out there that it should happen. Right. But a petition is uh, is an engagement of a large group of people that represent a certain cause working towards bettering mankind. Mm-hmm. 
I would argue that the existence of the Deadpool movie doesn't better mankind. <laughs> and it wasn't stopping something else from being created. And it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, exactly, it wasn't hurting someone else's right. rights. It was, it was uh, pro-creating something, not con right. um, getting rid of. Con destroying something. Con destroying something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like it. The movie Lady Bird, which we've talked about a couple of times now, yep. has become... The best reviewed movie of all time. Wow. It's the most well reviewed movie in the history of film. <laughs> really? Yeah, as of yesterday. Really? So, so, what that means is there are a lot of different movies that have achieved 100% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Not a lot, but there's a number of 100% fresh movies. Mm-hmm. None with so many reviews as Lady Bird. So, Lady Bird has 100% uh, fresh rating, 170 reviews, all mm-hmm. of them fresh. None of them rotten. Wouldn't someone just go against to be contrarian? I can't believe there isn't some jerk out there just trying to upset the apple cart. Yeah. And then I'm like, wait, are they just doing this now to work together? Is it because it's the in thing to do? I mean, it's all like smoke and mirrors. Was it that good? Is that the movie that you would expect would be 100% through and through and through to the point that it had better reviews than any movie ever? Maybe. I mean, it's you have to remember, it's collective review is better than any movie ever. Yes. It's not right. It's not like the individual reviews no, say it's the best movie of all time. I know. And that's because there's really nothing to be, uh, to take contempt with, I guess, in Lady Bird. There's nothing you right. won't agree with in this movie. It's hard growing up. Having a tense sure. relationship with your mother is obviously <laughs> painful. Um, and it's stylish and it's charming. Mm-hmm. Those are, that's really what the movie has to offer. Um, it has a strong voice. So nobody's going to say that it's a bad film unless they're doing it to be contrarian, as you said. Mm -hmm. Granted, those people are out there. In fact, there are people who are paid to dislike films and paid to like films. That's their job is they're they're sold out critics. Well, watch out, Citizen Kane. Lady Bird's coming your way. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I I don't know what's... What um, powers that be are working behind to illustrate a certain narrative mm-hmm. for this thing in popular culture? Like maybe it was decided behind closed doors. We're going to put this movie on the pedestal of being the most well remo- well reviewed movie of all time, mm-hmm. so that more people engage with it and learn from its important messages, and we can ha- feels good about ourselves for praising this little engine that could. Or maybe like coming of age, strong female movie, just with the times that we're in right now, it just felt like a perfect storm of, I don't want to say storm, but you know, it was like a perfect storm of things to make this movie the best reviewed movie slash probably Oscar winner. Like last year in the year following Oscars So White, Mm -hmm. there was like all of this racial diversity in the nominees and deservedly so. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of great films from those artists last year, but you wonder... How deliberate is this? Because there was good art the previous year from racially diverse filmmakers. Yeah. And it didn't make it in at all. In at all. So are we overcompensating? Or is it really just a huge relief that right. all of it turned up this year? Mm-hmm. Today, the Grammy nominations came out. And for the first time ever, there is no white man nominated in the best album category. Right. What's a big deal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. But I don't know how deliberate it is. I didn't even look at the Grammy nominations. I take the Grammys way less seriously. I think we've talked about this before, yeah. too. It seems very commercial. It seems bought out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And the other thing is, like, there's this story going around now about Tom Holland and the Infinity Wars um, previews. Okay. So they're, they're going to drop a trailer tomorrow if they haven't done it already. But it's already been established mm-hmm. in the little Marvel family that he's the little brother. 
that he's the little one who can't keep his mouth shut. They've done junket interviews where Benedict Cumberbatch has to keep him from spoiling right, stuff. Yeah. And at first, maybe it was an accident. And then they're like, no, we're going to play to this because people know it about Tom Holland. Right. He's the guy who almost gives stuff away. Right. And so today, Tom Holland, and I'm using air quotes, uh-huh. was live streaming on Facebook and accidentally revealed to his viewers, his fans, uh, an unseen poster for infinity wars that hasn't been revealed yet it's like in the background right. and why is it in the background yeah because this is all planned totally. it's going to be bloggable it's clickable mm-hmm. that tom holland accidentally reveals infinity wars poster right. he's such an idiot oh what a goof isn't he lovable <laughs> yeah watch him do so, a backflip i don't buy it for a second i'm starting to i'm starting to be a bit of a hollywood conspiracy theorist mm-hmm. a hollandwood conspiracy theorist yeah. a typical Corey feldman yes <laughs> no not that. <laughs> um, also, did Charlie Manson die? He did, right? Yeah, do you call him Charlie? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Me and my pal Chuck. Old Chaz Manson. <laughs> you bit the dust. I think I heard someone refer to I think it was on an episode of Comedy Bang Bang. Yeah. I heard Brian Cranston do an interview the other day where he called him Charlie Manson. Really? I think, I think culturally as a figure... Uh, when he was like first notorious, people called him Charlie Manson because right. that's like how he was known to his people. Right. But then, like, why would you? In- it's like calling Donald Trump Donnie Trump. Donnie Trump. Except that's hilarious. Right. Yes, Charlie Manson died. <laughs> Chucky Manson. I think it was like foreseen that he was going to die, and then he died. Right. Yeah. Called it from the three point line. So uh, there wasn't really that much media coverage about that, was there? I didn't really hear a whole lot. No, and he's like. Uh, definitely an important cultural figure, mm-hmm. but also there aren't a lot of audition people... for the monkeys. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing; it was so long ago that though it was impactful in American popular culture and like the Warhol area, right? Era and Helter, he's Helter Skelter, right? He's the yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's so long ago that nobody feels really influenced by that anymore. Right. So though it was um, horrible, mm-hmm. nobody's really like still hurting from maybe that. Maybe that's really ignorant of me to say. I don't know. I, I hear what you're saying, though. It's not like, you know, it's not like it was yesterday or, like, within the last year. Right. It's something that feels more historic than anything else at this point. Yeah, like somebody said, I don't have context for this conversation, but I was in a, some kind of peripheral conversation the other day where somebody mm-hmm. made a, a crass joke about the Halifax explosion. Right. And then the other person, like, questioned, oh, should you have said that? That's literally a century ago. Like, right. None of us know anybody. No. Even if you were alive 100 years ago, you don't remember the Halifax explosion. No. I think it's fair game now. Right. I don't know what the statute of limitations on on comedy is. I think it's whatever the... It, Depends on how it, good the joke it's, is. It's a contract made between the people having the conversation. If what the other person calls you out on it, then then you've broken the statute of limitations. But You're probably right. Uh, Tom Hardy was he in Peaky Blinders? Is he a part Tom of- Hardy is not in Peaky Blinders. No, it's Cillian Murphy. Uh oh, actually, maybe Tom Murphy. Uh, Tom Hardy came in at one point as a. I think he actually may- might have been in Peaky Blinders. He is at least uh, friendly with the creator of Peaky Blinders. Okay, believe uh, that. So the two of them, along with Ridley Scott, have teamed up to do this series of Charles Dickens adaptations for the BBC. Okay. So I guess they're going to take all of his novels and do these TV versions but like with a big budget or whatever. Sure. So they're going to do a three-part A Christmas Carol. comes out next Christmas. Okay. Which is kind of cool. Uh, and I guess they'll do Tale of Two Cities and David Copperfield and right. David Copperfield. What's his... Is that what it... No. No, I don't... I didn't, Copperfield, is that... He's a magician, isn't he? Is there not a... 
Dickens something Copperfield? I have no idea. I'm just throwing myself out there. I might have to cut this out. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. Um, Yeah, so that could be kind of interesting. It'll be like gritty Mm -hmm. and... uh, he, they all seem like gritty folks. I need to look up. I'm so distracted by this Copperfield thing now. They all seem like gritty folks. <laughs> You're right, though. It's David Copperfield is a magician. Who's the Copperfield that's in a in a Dickensian I feel novel? Like such an idiot. I'm probably thinking of Nicholas Nickleby. Copperfield. Copperfield. David Copperfield by Charles Dickens. So what are we thinking of? I have no idea. <laughs> Copperfield? I was right the first time. This whole conversation was moot. There's a book called David Copperfield? Yes, there is. All right. Well, I'm an idiot. It's the eighth novel by Charles Dickens. The novel's full title is The Personal History, Adventures, Experience, and Observation of David Copperfield, the Younger of Blunderstone Rookery. What a title. (laughs) David Copperfield for short. (laughs) The Gotham Awards were yesterday. What are those? It doesn't really matter. Did the Joker win? Of course. Okay. They're kind of like a precursor to award season. They're okay. the lead in to the award season. And nobody really cares except they could be used as um, a way to predict what will come from the Golden Globes okay. and the Academy Awards. By the way, we talked the other week about uh, who's going to host the Golden Globes. It was announced Seth Meyers is going to host the Golden Globes. Oh, good. That'd be good. Um, so some winners from last night's Gotham Awards best feature. Have you heard about this movie? Call me by your name. Yes. Do you know anything about this film? Um, I feel like I would need my memory jogged. Call me by your name. It looks like a feelings movie. Feelings movie. It was apparently very good. It won best feature last night at the Gotham Awards. Best actor went to James Franco and the disaster artist. Whoa. So this is like a serious movie. Have you seen this yet? No, it hasn't come out yet. Oh, right. It comes out December 15th, I think. December 8th, I believe. We're getting some tickets. I think, <laughs> I actually think we're getting a set of running engagement passes for both movies through the radio station. That's great. The Disaster Artist and Call Me By Your Name. Hmm. I wonder which one Mix is going to get. <laughs> I don't wonder. I've been reading that book, The Disaster Artist. I read like four pages a night as yeah. I'm trying to fall asleep, so I've been reading it very slowly. But it is so entertaining and fascinating, the whole culture around that film. Yeah is so bizarre and i guess this movie they've made is legitimately a great story about chasing after your dreams the trailer seems people not believing in you totally the trailer seemed exactly like that absolutely speaking of ladybird best actress at the gothams last night saoirse ronan mm-hmm. she's really good uh break on C- snl this week yeah she is yep that'll be interesting with you too it's a very irish oh, snl cool best actress is saoirse ronan i said that best uh breakthrough series atlanta yeah uh, Breakthrough Director Award Jordan Peele for Get Out Just scrolling through the important ones uh, Screenplay Get Out for Jordan Peele Those are kind of the ones that stand out Not any huge surprises But it could be an early precursor To what's to come for mm-hmm. award season Yeah Well that's interesting I Do you think Get Out will Do you think there's any chance of uh, Oscar So White switching them into another category Or was it the Golden Globes? It was the Golden Globes. Oscar So White was the was the Oscars. I know. I'm just I was calling them Oscar So White. I know they're not called that. But was I it, don't understand your question. <laughs> was it the Oscars that moved them into the comedy category? Oh, that was the Golden Globes. That was the Golden Globes. Yes. So that is the area they are going to be submitted under. Yeah, but I heard Jordan Peele talking about it on Stephen Colbert. And he and he was cool seem, with it? He doesn't seem put off by it at all. No. But what he what he clarifies is that this is a movie black people can laugh at. 
It's not a movie white people can laugh at. Oh, interesting. So maybe that explains why you and I find it so offensive that it was put in the comedy category. He maybe. Kind of, he kind of sees it as a as a comedy, but I just, I have a hard time with that. He, obviously, he's a great comedic writer. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's comedy some, in, there's, there's some laughs. Funny lines. There's laughs yeah. in Get Out. That cousin is right. hilarious. That's right. But it's not a, it's not a comedy to me. No. No. I, but maybe, man, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is a comedy for some people. Maybe they could watch it and be like, this is hilarious. I mean, it's outrageous. Yeah. But that's kind of the point. Mm-hmm. It must, it's still haunting, right? To, Definitely. Yeah. Like, to even think about it. It has to be. Anyway, it's bound to do well. We got to go to the phones. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet us your thoughts at Show Show Podcast. I'm not even sure what the question is. <laughs> but just respond. Shall we talk about shows? Yeah. I don't have anything else. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I, I, we, got, we covered Charlie Manson, SVU. We <laughs> went on a journey through the, uh, the royal wedding. That's yeah. true. We talked a lot about uh, old Meghan Markle. And there's a new bed in our studio now. Maybe this will dampen sound a little bit. I think it actually is. Okay, we're going to... I hear nowhere near as much echo. Yeah, I guess I guess not. I guess I won't know until I'm listening back to this podcast in a mm-hmm. couple of days. We'll find out. We'll find out. If it sounds a little more clear in our studio, that's because there's a bed in here. We should just make the whole room beds. <laughs> we should do our podcast from a mattress store mm-hmm. from like Sleep Country Canada. Oh, Wow. What? I was actually genuinely concerned for the cat there and the noise She's that it made. Being very chatty. I remember when I was young, uh, when I was young, I was, we were like in high school, we talked about having pillow rooms. Mm. <laughs> like, oh man, we need to make a room that's just all pillows. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, I don't understand why I don't do that. I actually have the power now. There's an Ikea. And you already and told me you have a spare room. bedroom. There's a room specifically for that. Yeah. Mm. Let's do it. Either, you can that work on or, it. either that or ball pit. Oh yeah, except ball pits are so germy. I can't get over how... how germy and well i think it depends on who you put in there sure but like even your germs like how how do you wash those balls is what i'm asking you (laughs) how do you get those balls that's a story for another podcast no it's not that's a story for this podcast Uh, do you like individually purell all the balls all the little plastic balls because at least you can wash pillowcases i would say it's one of those situations kind of like a car wash but you just shut the you know how there's like self-cleaning ovens Yes, it would be like that, <laughs> but for the entire room. Well, also, if the balls are in like a big mesh pit, mm-hmm. you might be able to just take a pressure washer and just like shoot it at the ball pit, which are there. The balls are so light, it'll just like knock them all over the place. Blow them all around. It could be a fascinating. Or we might need experiment. a pressure washer and a leaf blower <laughs> working wow. in tandem. I don't know. Sometimes I I, I go on the uh, the subreddit uh, house porn or room porn. Do you ever okay. Go there? It's great. Just like the richest people with the most stunning homes. Oh, cool. I and didn't occasionally, know this was thing. occasionally you'll see a media room that's like a huge TV or a projection screen. Oh, I love it. And just pillows. Just I love like it. An endless sea of pillows. Have you seen Accidental Wes Anderson yet? Yes, of course. It's so good. <laughs> it's really good. But you hadn't seen it the last time we talked about no, it. No, right? no. But and I looked it up. It's, I think, become a little bit more popularized now, too. Like you see it kind of on the front page of Reddit more and more. It's essentially people have discovered photographs or places in the world that unintentionally look like a Wes Anderson shot. Like, look like they could be ripped from a Wes Anderson Like movie. very well framed. The, the and colors very and the brightness. Stentorian just... and very proper and totally. elegant and odd. Yes. And like you said, colorful. Pink is obviously a very uh-huh. well used. All kind of like pastel-y kind of colors that are just somewhere in the frame. I wonder what his new movie is due to come out. Have you seen the trailer for Isle of Dogs? Yeah, yeah. Looks pretty good. Yeah. 
I mean, I guess I, I, it looks bizarre. It looks bizarre. And I like all And I certainly love Fantastic Mr. Fox. But when I read about what the synopsis was versus watching the trailer, it gave me a totally different feeling. See, I don't know what the movie's about. Uh, okay. I love dogs. That's all I'm right. familiar with. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll uh, talk about that more when we get, get more trailers for it. Okay. <laughs> Can they stop making uh, Last Jedi trailers already? I know. I still I, haven't watched one. I, I've, I saw the first one, which came out like six months ago. Yeah. And then I swore to myself, as soon as Ryan Johnson and Mark Hamill said, look, don't watch any more Star Wars trailers. I you was said, like, fine. Cool. Uh, <laughs> cool. And, and now every few days they're like, Star Wars Last Jedi trailer number nine is available. Isn't it crazy? We're going to see the whole movie by the end of well, it. Well, I'm sure they're recycling footage. Yeah. But I, I people are going to go. Like, yeah. I get that you yeah. have to put out... You don't need a marketing machine behind yeah. Star Wars. I mean, I know it's a part uh, of Star Wars to put, like, R2-D2 on deodorant and shampoo and, like, they right. bananas. They go all out, and I know that's important. And I know that they need to have trailers one and two, mm-hmm. a teaser and a full thing. C-3P oranges. Right, exactly. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. But this much is unnecessary because we're going to go anyway. They're already guaranteed to make... $200 million opening weekend, just domestic. I already have my tickets. R2D tuna fish. Were you listening to me at all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> but I was also waiting to speak. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, that's the thing. The Star Wars fans, they all know what's going on. The general public all knows what's going on now, too, from the internet. You didn't even have to put anything on a Sunday Night Football ad. No. But It'll crush it. Beauty and the Beast, which is otherwise the biggest movie of the year, mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and it won't quite reach the heights of The Force Awakens. Yeah. that. Well, you never know about that. I do know about that. Yeah, why do you think that? Because- Was there projections or something? Well, there are projections. It's going to okay. make $200 million in the opening weekend, which four, is under, 450 worldwide. Which is under what it made last time? The uh, Force Awakens made almost $2 billion. Right. Not in the opening weekend, but overall. Sure. Um, no, The Force Awakens just represented so much to like the, the world. Of, Culturally, it sure. was the comeback of Star Wars. Right. There are people who are out there who see all the Star Wars movies and they like them, but mm-hmm. they're not like fanatical about them. Right. And so they assume they'll see them, but they're not like me. They don't have their tickets in hand already. Mm-hmm. That might be me. I don't have my tickets in hand already. I'll right. probably wait until like I think there's a time where the movie theater is not going to be crazy. Yeah. But I also own Star Wars posters. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Put them in your pillow room. <laughs> oh. You could, unless oh. you chose to put pillows on the walls. Even so, couldn't I just hang a poster on the pillows? I guess you could do that. I just couldn't bounce off them. Right. They would probably get kind of wrinkly and curl up in the corners. Never trust the pillows in my room. Right. <laughs> okay. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> you want to talk about shows? I think we can talk My turn shows. to go first. Okay. I, I, don't, I'm, I don't know that I could... Uh, do a very good job of uh, summarizing either one, but I guess I'm going to summarize the pilot episode of She's Gotta Have It, which the more I watched it, the more I thought I shouldn't be watching this. This wasn't made for me. <laughs> this wasn't for me. <laughs> I thought that after texting with you. Yes, I think so. Okay, I'll go on go. I'm going to, yeah, this is the new Netflix show. All right. Uh, on three, two, one. Go. Centers around this woman. Uh, initially, we just get a bunch of single shots of people catcalling her as she lives in New York City. It's tough to be a woman. Honestly, it is. Uh, 
The premise is that she juggles these three different open relationships with these three different men, like the party boy, the uh, very handsome uh, narcissist guy, and the rich uh, money businessman who seems to kind of support her art career. She just smokes lots of weed and has lots of conversations about movies and sleeps with guys. Yeah. That is that is what happens in that in that first episode. There wasn't a whole lot of plot otherwise. That's pretty much it. It kind of uh, shines a light on Nola from several different angles, from right. her friends, from these three. Is it three guys or four guys? I think it's three guys. I can only think of three guys. Yeah, it's three guys. It seemed like more throughout the episode. For it kind of did. Yeah, I think it kind of just like shined a light on who else she was in a relationship. So it's with important to say that she's got to have it. Uh, came out years ago as a film. It yes. was the first feature film by Spike Lee. Yep. It was the first Spike Lee joint. Um, was it the first? The first feature. Okay. And it kind of put him on a map. Right. Um, and so I guess it's like a cult classic. Right. Well, and, and Mars Blackman, like I don't think you know, Mar- there, there's a lot of history with Mars Blackman. Him and He did Michael Jordan commercials for Jordan Shoes. So The guy who played Mars Blackman. Which was Spike Lee. Oh yeah. So he had like you know the little flip up cap and the the chains, and he like cared a lot about his shoes. And I don't know if you noticed in the in the show, Mars Blackman had framed, signed Michael Jordan stuff, and had okay. Jordan shoes all over the place. And it was just like he's kind of a hype beast. Like he wants to have all the like latest kicks and cares about them. And right. Uh, and so there's definitely like a cultural spot for Mars Blackman that I didn't even know existed in a Spike Lee movie. I thought it was just a character that he created for the ads, but that shows you where I'm at with Spike Lee movies. I've seen well, the do he, the right thing, and that's maybe pretty he much it. Did like did did Mars Blackman was he in the first She's Got to Have It movie, or are these new characters and it's the similar story? Oh, I assumed that it was. I assumed that Mars Blackman was definitely a character and she's got to have it i i just kind of extrapolated that from what i know after the fact but it's all different actors than it was in the movie years yeah ago. it is it's very strange but you're not to, gonna use all the same actors though no of course not it was years ago but it's very strange to have like made this creative thing mm-hmm. it did very well whatever then you move on you grow as an artist and then decide i could do that thing i created again and i could as do it TV differently show. well here's the thing is like much like i was talking about how about the ladybird scenario yeah which is like it's a perfect storm of like you know a bunch of you know trump's in the white house he made threatening comments essentially towards towards women um and is by all means like you know ugly ugly and a pervert yeah ugly as a human yep P- pretty perverted right and then it kind of calls into question the whole narrative of cat calling and all the weinstein stuff that's happening it's just like really like sexual um being a sexual predator, which even happens in the show. Yes. All of these things are included and framed in one show, you know, slut shaming. Totally. Another and, I, thing. and I think that's great. And I think it's cool that right. that was discussed on film uh, 10 years ago. Or was it 20 years ago? It was a long time oh, it ago. It would have been over 20 years yeah, ago. I think for so. Sure. It, it would have been I like. It was 86. Yeah, definitely. That's like a really long time ago. Because Do the Right Thing was like maybe 90, 91. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think I think it's great that all those things exist in there. Of course I do. Um, I just don't know if I if I thought it was like a natural depiction. I also don't really know how I feel about it coming from a guy. Yeah, that's a good point. Like like I was thinking about this article I saw today. I don't I don't remember who uh, who the the publication was, mm-hmm. but it said finally the Golden Globes have a feminist host. 
Seth Meyers. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, okay, that's okay. That's fine. Didn't the Golden Globes also have Tina Fey and Amy Poehler for that's two years very, in a row? very, very good point. For three years in a row. I <laughs> yeah. never even thought of that. Sure. But the point being, like, are you being, are you being smug? Because, like, I think Seth Meyers is probably a feminist, but, like, this doesn't seem you're, like the best. If you're looking for a feminist, this doesn't seem like quite the best move. Right. Um, and that doesn't mean a man like Spike Lee shouldn't be allowed to comment on uh, slut shaming and all mm. of these other issues. It's just, it's odd that he would have a perspective on it. Yeah. That would be like the ultimate perspective on it. Sure. I, yeah. I, I definitely don't know. And, you know, does he go out? Does he set out to make the ultimate perspective on it, or did he just want to like? Have you ever heard Spike Lee talk? Yeah, you're he right. thinks he's he, the he, ultimate. He perspective definitely on thinks everything. he's got the ultimate perspective. You know, it was good. Inside Man, that was a good Spike Lee joint. That was a good, but that was like his his least liked Spike Lee joint. I think maybe that. Yeah, maybe that's my problem. Right. <laughs> yeah. I know. I and and I think the same way too. That the Spike Lee joints that are the most renowned, I don't connect with as much. Well, stylistically, I think it, it knew what it was, which is kind of cool. Like, I, I kind of liked, I didn't get it at first, but I kind of liked the way they had this um, original soundtrack going to the background. Totally. And, and the, then as bumpers, they would throw up their original album artwork from those songs. Yeah. And, and they, you know, they broke the fourth wall, which I like a lot. Yep. Um, there was actually, which was with multiple people. There were people literally being kind of interviewed almost. Yep. But there was no real interviewer. It wasn't like mockumentary style. It was just face-on right. person talking. It was like a theatrical thing. Yeah. The music was kind of cool, actually. Like, I mean, there's a lot of, like, uh, cheesy R&B. Sure. And, like, Big Papa showed up at one point. Yeah, yeah. And in that opening no, it wasn't scene... No, it wasn't even Big Papa. It was, like, wasn't the, it? the Ilsley Brothers or oh, something. Oh, it was, that like, was the like, original. The, the original, like, backtrack okay. to it That shows I'm ignorant, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, I just... I, I don't know if everyone's expected to know all of the music in the show. Maybe, maybe not, but like I, I kind of liked it. I didn't get it at first, and mm-hmm. I kind of liked the style of it towards the end. Like uh, Becky wasn't watching, but she was listening while she was making dinner. And the opening sequence is really long, and it's this like jazzy, yeah. light, melancholic piano. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Are you watching Charlie Brown?" Yeah. <laughs> and it kind of did sound like that. Yeah. My my biggest issue with this show was the dialogue was horse shit. You you did point out, and you made a good point, of like how they were really trying to, to like I don't know if Spike Lee was saying, okay, it's 2017 now. Like we need to put in a line about Kevin Durant. And yeah. like some stuff just didn't quite work. You're right. It, it wasn't just the shoehorning of pop cultural references. It was the dialogue. Mm-hmm. When uh, the guy from... Hamilton comes over and she's like, I'm a cinephile. And he's like, a cine what? I'm a movie enthusiast. Now let me tell you all about Citizen Kane. Right. Or whatever it was she was talking, uh, Al Pacino or whatever. It was. Right. It was like Scarface or. It was just like really. Oh yeah. She's like, do you know what a makeup call is? Do you know who Kurosawa is? Yeah. The guy who inspired Star Wars. I'm familiar with one of the most right. iconic cult filmmakers of all time. Sure. It just didn't seem that deep. It's kind of like in like Dawson's Creek when. Dawson loves films, and he's like, I love Steven my Spielberg. My favorite, yeah, my favorite director is Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. I often think about that. That's funny. Yeah. I've never never talked about that with anyone, but how funny it was. It's like, I want to be a filmmaker. I saw this filmmaker once. I don't know if you've heard of him. <laughs> Steven Spielberg. I own E.T. on VHS. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's like, that's not really a deep cut that doesn't right. show... Why couldn't it have been like you are. Tarantino or Brian De Palma or something? Probably could have been. But that's not accessible to the teen viewers that are Dawson's Creek fans. You're right. You're right. Ago. And and some of the acting was just like, even like, 
you know, being a narcissist, I don't think has to be portrayed so like obviously heavy handedly. Yeah. Yeah. It was just so like, it was almost like cartoony. It was so overt. You're right. It's yeah. like, it's like Johnny Bravo looking in a right. mirror. Right. Yeah. And then Mars, I don't really know what his, I think his whole character was supposed to be the kind of like childish dude who like hasn't quite grown up and like is working a bunch of part-time jobs. Like he's a bit yeah. of a hustler. I'm not sure what, what he was kind of gross. He's kind of skeevy. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he, he's the guy from Hamilton. Yeah. He played John Lawrence in Hamilton okay. and Philip Hamilton. Interesting. Yeah. And then obviously rich dude. And then the rich dude with the gigantic pecs. Mm-hmm. And and to all of them, she was kind of saying like, "Yo, don't. I'm not your. I'm not your girl. Like mm. I told you to not catch feelings at any point. This wasn't the deal. Right. We're you're just coming over and we're doing our thing. And that's cool. But is she not being supported by the rich dude? Like, didn't he like? Right. Didn't yeah. he buy her a brownstone, which they, is preposterous, they, by the way. They definitely did allude to that, like how he supports her because i was wondering i was like man she's a successful artist though like that's what this show should be about yeah but but she's still being supported by this guy yeah that doesn't seem quite right yeah the best scene was towards the end when she's hanging up all the posters and the the monologue is about uh my name isn't sweetie my name isn't Hoochie um, Mama. Yeah. Mamacita. Mamacita. That was a that was a good monologue girl but then it kind of took me out of it when she broke the fourth wall and she said black lives matter why did it end with that and that's what i was like i was like that's i yes they do that's not what this show is about yeah the show the show i feel like this must have happened at like the height of black lives matter i guess and then so that's where spike lee thought it should end but like it did not seem to fit with the rest of the show it's not what the show is about i mean it's definitely about being a strong black woman, mm-hmm. but it's really about being a woman. Right. Uh, and what that means. Yeah. It, it's, it didn't really seem to be, because like there is no illustration whatsoever of those three men being oppressed by racism in that show. Like, is there? No. I, well, I mean, the only, the, the, the reference they made was about like gentrification and Brooklyn and yeah. how they couldn't afford to, but I mean like, yeah, there, there's nothing like, but there's no mention of the cops. There's no, no, it just didn't really fit. Like it was, it kind of felt a little Spike Lee-ish to me, you know? Yeah. I know what you mean. I felt uh, like I, I laughed at that point cause I was not expecting it. No, I don't know who relates to this show. I think that's the problem I have with it. I, I watch it and I'm like, are these, is this anybody I think it's more Spike Lee's excuse to say, here's what I make of the situation right now. Yes. He gets to say, you you get to see through my eyes what I think is happening. Right. Through his eyes and his big glasses, his Coke bottle glasses. That's right. Ma's black, man. Did you like it? I'm, I mean, I'm not going to watch the rest of it. Right. I don't know, like... I feel like there's something to be gleaned from it. I think I think you were right when you texted me and you said we're missing context here. Yes. Like if it was a parody of itself, if mm-hmm. the dialogue was really stunted and like mm-hmm. and weird and awkward because that was the style of the original movie and they're trying to recapture that. Well, and that's the thing and maybe the movie aged really well and obviously it was a huge breakout at the time. Like if you watch it now, it might be like like the only Spike Lee that movie that I think I've seen is Do the Right Thing. And I might have You should seen watch like- Inside Man. 
Oh, I've seen I've seen Inside Man. It's a great movie. Sorry, I don't even count it as a Spike you Lee should. movie because it's, it's just got an that it's movie. got that Spike Lee shot where they show the protagonist's face and then the camera goes around it really fast in a three sixty. Yeah, that classic Spike Lee shot. Yeah, it's got that. It's a Spike Lee movie. I well, I remember I've watched it in the theaters. Plus, Clive Owen, where's that guy been? Clive Owen was great in it. Great I love actor. I love Clive Owen. Yeah, he's got such a cool voice. Like where 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 is he from? And Denzel Washington, by the way. Was the giant picture of Malcolm X in her apartment Denzel as Malcolm X? I don't know, because they start talking about how Denzel got robbed. I know. Like, I, they show this. It's a big picture of definitely Malcolm X. Yeah. And the thing about Denzel when he played Malcolm X was he looked a lot like Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. So it's not clear if this picture, which is like a rendering, it's like a, it's like a graphic design rendering of that movie poster or just Malcolm X's headshot. Right. <laughs> that she was just painting. It's not clear whether it's a picture of denzel washington or actually malcolm x i don't yeah i don't know if that was supposed to be a, a big a big talk moment, but it's maybe another it thing that took me out of it yeah <laughs> who is this i got stuck um yeah i i don't think i'm gonna watch the rest of it but again i think i i more made me want to watch the original yeah i guess I'm i feel curious. like if i watch that i'll be like oh okay that was almost kind of necessary viewing I'm it's getting of, such good reviews i'm like, kind of curious about his body of work because he yeah. is a lauded filmmaker mm-hmm. he obviously has something mm-hmm. you're right it's getting great reviews yeah do the right thing was a movie that i did like i it was not what i expected at all really i no. don't know anything about that not movie. in the least you should watch it just for if no other reason to just be like wow that was crazy a lot of critics who might be like us and not really know what they're talking about mm. are saying that this main character is polyamorous. And I didn't really get that vibe from her at all. Like, I don't think it's a show about polyamory. I think it's just a woman who uh, has her cake and eats it too and is is proud of that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It seems like she kind of has like, maybe she has a big three. She was talking about how like there was a dude that was like first on her list, didn't she? Yeah, I guess. So maybe she's like, and they all seem to kind of know that right. there's other. Right, but they, it's also been made clear that they're not in a relationship. Right, she's not having multiple because the boyfriends. thing about polyamory is mm-hmm. amor means love, and there's no love. <laughs> Ain't no love. Yet. Right. Surely it's headed there. Mm-hmm. I don't give it my ass. If I'm being perfectly honest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be attitude about it. I didn't get it. I sure. Think pro- it probably really serves uh, some people. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I can't say that I, after that, watching that first episode, that I'd give it my ass. It's not quite for me. Uh, and I, I, w- I would like to see the reviews that say exactly why it should be for me. Spike Lee directed all 10 episodes of the first season. Okay. He's the first person at Netflix to ever do that with a show. Okay. But the record has also already been matched by Scott Frank, who directed the whole first season of Godless. Oh, crazy. So we're going to talk about Godless. Let's get into Godless. You have 30 seconds to oh recap the first episode, which is tough. There was a train. Yeah. Okay. You, you ready? I can't even help you with names. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I can do it. Thirty seconds, gonna go on go. The first episode of Netflix's new Western series, Godless. In three, two, one, go. Okay, so essentially, there's a group of outlaws. Frank, Frank Gifford, I want to say, is not his name. That's sure. Kathy Lee Gifford's husband. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it's Jeff Daniels. He gets his arm blown off. Uh, they're looking for this guy, Roy Good. Um, Roy's the one who took his arm. 
he also stole money from them, and the band of outlaws is kind of scared of him. He's hiding in this house with uh, a lady who lives with uh, a native uh, lady and her son, uh, who you learn that she obviously had another relationship. There's also a sheriff and a town without any women. A town without any women. Uh, oh, sorry, a town without any men. Yeah. Uh, there's like a couple men, and then the sheriff is here. Most of them died in the coal mining accident. Uh, the the Frank is it Frank? I guess something. I just, it's he something was just Jeff Daniels to Je- me. Jeff Daniels and his crew of outlaws mm. are basically raiding and uh, robbing multiple different mines. He was very sinister. He was. He was great. Yeah. He, it made me realize that he can play any. He was also in this movie called Murder by Numbers with Clint Eastwood. Okay. I don't know if you ever saw that, but that was the only other movie I've seen him kind of be villainous. In. Is it a western? No, it's a. It's like a just like a crime drama. Oh, okay. Like, uh, Cl- uh, uh, Eastwood is like a, a. Um, did I say Clive Owen? I meant Clint Eastwood. No, you said Clint Eastwood. I said Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's a detective, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I think that Sandra Bullock's in it too. Anyways. Okay. Really good movie. Yeah. I Sounds feel like good. It, it's it was a it was a cool movie, it's but a good it was so weird because this was after me watching Dumb and Dumber, mm-hmm. and then he's coming out as like he's he's the murderer in it. Yeah, I, I heard Jeff Daniels talking about that in an interview just this week. In fact, mm-hmm. about how he's not a comedian; he's right. not even really a comic actor. That no. Jim Carrey went to bat to get Jeff Daniels to play. Uh, is it Harry in Dumb and yeah. Dumber? He really didn't want the other guy in Dumb and Dumber to be. A comedy guy. They wanted to get an actor sure. to uh, kind of balance out the chemistry between the two guys, and obviously that turned out to be a good idea. Yeah. And uh, uh, Jeff Daniels talked a lot about how really all he wants to do is to be an actor and to be a good actor with challenging roles. That mm-hmm. he's not into the fame thing. Right. Yeah. And and this is showing he's flexing his acting skills. Also, was the the person in casting? Did she work on the newsroom as well, or was this <laughs> Sam Waterston? You mean? Yeah, yeah. Sam Waterston and him. I was like, she was obviously a, a a newsroom fan. Had a hard time being threatened by Sam Waterston. I mean, his character's not that threatening. No, he's like a sweetheart. He is a sweetheart. He only plays sweethearts. But yeah. like, uh, in in a daunting show where everything is a little bit kind of scary and threatening, yeah. like he's got a little mustache, he's got kind of a high pitched voice. Yeah, like Sam Waterston is cute. Sure. Like he's just like a sweet little man. Right. And I don't know if he really fit for me. Yeah. I, I haven't seen him in a whole lot other than the newsroom. I thought Law he was and like, Order was his big thing. He was Law and Order right. for years. I thought he was okay. Um, I thought that Jeff Daniels, yeah, very sinister. Michelle Dockery? What's she from? She's the woman with the big shotgun who took in Roy Wood. Roy Wood? Is that yeah. his name? Yep. So she's the main character in Downton Abbey. Roy Good. Roy Good. Oh. She's okay. Lady Mary in Downton Abbey. She is the main character of that show. It is very bizarre to hear her speak in an American accent. Right. Very bizarre. And to have mud on her clothes. She's going to have a lot of uh, backstory in this show. I think so. You could tell from like the, you know, the 10 scenes she had in this. I guess namely through the lens of that character, now this show is kind of being celebrated as this feminist show for its depiction of strong lead females mm-hmm. in an otherwise male-driven genre and i don't necessarily get that from the pilot like i think she was a badass yeah it's cool that she can shoot a gun or whatever yep but i don't i don't necessarily think that she was like a really really deep character she was a little bit more independent like she obviously didn't care that uh other she obviously didn't care that this guy who clearly had a criminal record, she wasn't intimidated by him. 
This is another show, though, that's run by a man that's being called a right. feminist show. It's very confusing. Right, yeah. I mean, honestly, first episode wasn't super, super entertained the whole time. No, I was, was a little, I, I kind of got sleepy at one point. Was Yeah, it was a long-ass pilot, too. It was. Um, but I think there's, I think there's ways to make it exciting and there were scenes that straight up looked like it should have been from a quentin tarantino movie or something totally like the the colors and kind of the cinematography and the way it just broke down the there was action Mm -hmm. but it wasn't i don't know it wasn't westworld (laughs) i need that like peak of the future where well isn't it interesting that westerns were all but dead for decades yeah and now suddenly there's like two big important network shows like cable shows yep. that people are chatting about that are like strictly classic westerns and not spaghetti westerns right like not cornball westerns no they take not themselves at all. very seriously like true grit style maybe that was the what brought them back maybe but like westworld has obviously got this added level of science fiction mm-hmm. the thing that's kind of neat about westworld symbolically is that Westerns served to represent the turning point of America when right. America was on the cusp of something sure. new and scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what Westworld is about as that's well. That's what artificial intelligence is. Exactly. Yeah. For another generation. Yeah. You don't really get that necessarily from Godless. It's no. kind of just about this like lawless, scary wasteland. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the town where there's no men seems like that's a little... Uh, Maybe a little on the nose. A little supernatural, though, too. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. yeah. Also, what was the deal with the sheriff? Why was he... Does he have vision problems? I guess. Okay. I was trying to figure out exactly what... I guess. What he was... You know what I kind of liked was that Frank Miller-esque flashback to the train massacre. I love that. Where it was, it was like, kind of like all gray except yeah. for random things. Yeah, that was really, really cool. It was very cool stylistically. It was very violent. We've yep. done some really violent shows in the last couple yep. of weeks. And, and that was one of the parts that kind of kept me in it a little bit more. And why is everyone so scared of Roy Good? That's that's something that I would watch on for. Yeah, because he just kind of seems like a like a young hotshot. Like, like, why don't they shoot him right there yeah. when they're like, Roy, he just shoots his partner. Jeff Daniel says, this is my day to die. Right. And he shoots his partner. Yeah. And no one shoots directly back at him. No one pulls a gun. And they mentioned that every, everyone's kind of scared of this guy. Also, what was the you point of him why? shooting that snake that almost bit the baby? Like, it was, it showed that he knows how to, he's got a good shot or whatever. No, I think it was supposed to be revealing about how he's a good person. He's a good person. People thought he was kind of crazy. Yeah. You know, the grandma kind of thought he looked simple. No one really knew what was going on. The only one who really trusted him was the kid. Also, It was like a weird kind of, like, random com- comedic energy in the Where show. Where did she shoot him when she found him in the dark? She, she shot him in the neck, She right? shot him in the neck, which I think she, like, grazed the side. Yeah. But I think, like, you know, with shotguns, there's, like, spray. Yeah. Which is random, like, extra Shrapnel, stuff. Yeah. So, like, <clears throat> I think, like, hit him in the in the windpipes, and that's why he had kind of a kerchief See, around that kind of makes sense to me. That was that was fine and until they're like, he's been here for a week now, and suddenly his voice is, like, a lot better. I yeah. Like, he got shot in the throat, and his voice is already better. But it was just, like, on the side. It was like if a, a pile of pebbles hit you in the throat really right. hard. By, by the end of the week, you know. Do probably. westerns bring out good performances in actors? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, didn't, um, didn't Jeff, uh, what's his name? Jeff, Jeff Bridges. Daniels. Jeff Bridges make uh didn't he get nominated for true grit and like yeah obviously clint eastwood and and uh john wayne john wayne they're they're <laughs> all kind of like classic at the time i think john wayne was sure. like being a great actor now yeah. you look back and you're like no oh, that's 
kind of corny. Ridiculous, yeah. But but at the time, I think that was like pretty much as straight lace as it got for. I was listening to them talk about it on CBC this morning about this. It was this interesting idea. I didn't necessarily agree with it totally, but this interesting idea that the the very idea of 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 uh, depicting a Western uh, universe mm-hmm. as being this kind of like utopic, interesting, exciting world in which to live is disrespectful to Native Americans because of the massive genocide that was taking place in America okay. at the time. And I never really thought about that before. But like this show does, to be fair, um, illustrate that First Nations people mm-hmm. were like good people. Right. And that there was some harmony. Right. Um, whereas like, you know, Back to the Future 3, when they go back to the same year that this show takes place in, right. they they just make fun of Indians. Right. And, and the notion that any Western is kind of disrespectful to native people because it just shows like a land that we took from them. Well, that's, isn't that every movie ever? Yeah. Because it's showing a war, a post native right, land. But, but like the old West is when it was happening. Right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Like, like, like the very, like we're the, glorifying a time right. that was like cowboys and dark. Indians. Yeah, yeah. Like that's like a game that kids to play. Kids would play in the fifties, but cowboys and Indians, was genocide. Was genocide. Right. <laughs> so there's that. Why is it called godless? Is that just an ominous buzzword or does that refer to something? Well, I think it's kind of like, uh, you know, a godless town. Yeah. I feel like it's a godless town, you know, without any... I mean, there's no guiding morals. Yeah. Although I think there's supposed to be through like church and stuff, but... Oh, I that's feel like... true. That's a good point. There was like a, a religious presence. In fact, the villain, Jeff Daniels' character, yeah. ha- seems to be... God- he's not godless. No. Even though he is the devil incarnate, he's right. not godless. No. Yeah, that's an that's an interesting point, actually. It's deeper than I thought with it, but at one point, yeah, he actually rides his horse into a... And gives a sermon. And gives a sermon, but also like says, you, like, you better not hope that I come oh, around. Oh, yeah, it was a homicidal yeah. sermon. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, very it was, scary. It was a, I'm going to kill you all kind yeah. of vibe. I guess they shot the show in Santa Fe. Oh, okay. Did it make you want to go to Santa Fe really bad? I was like, this is beautiful. It was beautiful. Look at this. There were some beautiful vistas. It's amazing. I've never been to uh, a, a place with kind of desert landscape like that. Mm-hmm. Really like to check that out. The closest I got was like the gorge in Seattle. Oh, yeah. Where there's just no trees. You know, you can just look. Is it flat, it's, though? No, it's mountainous. It's, it's, yeah, it's like yeah. rolling hills and, yeah. and mountains and, yeah, gorge and canyon and stuff. Do you give the show your ass? Yeah, I give the show my ass. I want to know where it goes. I definitely give it my ass. I don't know if I'm going to keep it up. I feel like I, I'm a broken record. I always say I probably won't watch it because it's not my cup of tea, but it's good. That's right. what I always say about every show. Mm-hmm. What shows do you think you've continued watching since starting the show? show? Uh, this Is Us is probably the big one. Yeah. I'm a big sucker for that big show. Takeaway. It's a good one. There's a Randall episode tonight. I'm pumped. Uh, people love Randall. Randall's the best. That's Sterling K. Brown, right? Yeah. He won the Emmy. Right. Uh... No, I mean like the Good Place. I guess is probably one I, ha- good I have to like actually scroll through. So they they did eight episodes, but they're doing another eight in January. Okay, yeah. So it's like yeah, they're not separate seasons. A... Then they're just on their no, Christmas break. No, it's just on Wikipedia. It seemed like they were leaving out information about that. Well, we're getting so used to the seasons being only eight episodes. Yeah, and maybe it's for the better because television's better now. Watched the first and second episode of uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine the other day. Okay, what's really funny is uh, Diaz, her voice. Hmm. If you watch the first episode and it's compare it, no, it's the first episode's like, it's like, stay away from my car. Oh, really? So, yeah. Like, it's 
weirdly high. Maybe it's her normal voice. Probably. But it seems so, because it's always Jake. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's, she puts it's on this voice. deep voice. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I thought that was a weird thing. Uh, other than that, pretty pretty much standard. All the you characters get the same are doing from Kevin in The Office if you go back and watch the first season. Yeah. yeah. He just has a normal voice. Yeah. The Office is a show that I want to restream again. I Just because I saw, well, I always see things that make me laugh and they're quotes from The Office. Like one that was posted on Reddit or maybe it was Instagram was, uh, it was talking, it was Michael talking about being a good person or something. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, I have, this is what it was. I have flaws. I volunteer too much. (laughs) Uh, uh, I, I forget what the, the other one was. I think that was. was when he was interviewing for the job at corporate. And then he says, and I might've hit hit one person with my car right. so sue me yeah. yeah but please don't sue me but please don't sue me yeah, yeah. all right should we do a trivia question yeah let's I'll, finish it off i'll let you pick one out all right uh brent i hope you've enjoyed your episode i shuffled yeah. those cards a little bit for shout you. out to at brent mckinnon yep tweet him thank him so if you would like next week's show to be dedicated to you it's such an honor you've got to tweet the answer to this next trivia question to at show show podcast in the next week all right, you 90210 heads, here's a question for you. Who played Kelly Taylor on Beverly Hills 90210? Kelly Taylor, who was the actor who portrayed that character on Beverly Hills 90210? Tweet your answer to at show show podcast. KT. And we will return. I don't have an interesting Will Smith fact. Not that anything is especially interesting because he's so untrustworthy. Neither do I. What's going on with this Netflix show, though? There's or there's a Netflix movie that's coming out in January. And yeah, bright. It's called bright. Yeah. I don't know if his if his like he's a cop and his partner is like an alien. They don't necessarily talk about how the partner's an alien, but he looks like he's an alien or a mutant. Oh, and I don't think it's brought up in the show. I don't know what the show's about. I don't trust it. I don't. I don't trust it either. There's this other thing. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to step on your. You don't. No, trust no. It. Uh, Will Willow Smith is in the news as having described. Life with famous parents is absolutely terrible. Oh, wow. She's hated her childhood. Having parents that are as famous as hers is absolutely terrible. Quote. Wow. So. You would think that Will and Jada would have made it better for Willow. And they're selfish for. Yeah. Why weren't they paying attention to the fact that life for their daughter was so terrible? I think Scientology. I don't know if they're Scientologists, but I don't know if I trust them enough to give them the benefit of that doubt. Never trust Jada Smith. Never trust Willow Smith. Never trust Will Smith. <laughs>